Hello everyone. Welcome back to the podcast series of Pencils and Pistons. Here we are in the Outlier series and I am your host Rashmeet Kaur. Today is yet another exciting episode for us as we bring in another women in supply chain from our own country in India. So welcome to the podcast Isha. I hope you're all sorted and geared up and excited for the discussion we're going to have. Thank you so much Rashmeet. It's a pleasure to be here. amazing so for all those especially for the benefit of our listeners and the young girls out there who are have been following us for a while now first let's get to know who isha is i know how amazing and fantastic she is and it's time for us to hear about her from herself so isha let's get started with your current role your response responsibilities and let's make sure that we give these uh, women out there some nice role models to look at so over to you Thank you so much Rashmeet although it's very kind of you to say that I am a role model for women out there uh, but that's really sweet uh, thanks a lot so i'm basically from rajasthan uh, from a city named kota i think most of the people would resonate kota with the engineering coaching classes so it's no surprise that i'm an engineer but uh, yeah so i've been working with uh, unilever for about 8 years now and uh, in my current role i am basically uh, leading the shaping and deployment part of the manufacturing excellence strategy for one of our businesses in hul uh, which contributes to about 10% of the total turnover for hul india and uh, other parts to my uh, role also involves the extension of unilever's legacy manufacturing excellence practices to some of our business partners as well as our co-packers so uh, i think very briefly the key aspects of my role involve uh, leading programs around you know redesigning the asset and cost base uh, driving efficiencies in form of uh, you know labor efficiency energy efficiency uh, building agility in our manufacturing locations uh, i'm also leading the digital transformation program in manufacturing sites Uh, where we are trying to you know um, uh, get all the human and machine data hosted on a cloud server using iot's and opc server and also then uh, followed by the analysis of big data so i think these are few things that i do currently in my job those are not few things like let me just you know put it out there those are not few things those are actually <laughs> a lot of fascinating things that are actually very relevant to Uh, the, very much the reason why we have this podcast you know we want to showcase and i will repeat that yes you are a role model because re- this is how real role models look out so uh i make uh, thank you for sharing with us in detail the work that you do and uh, so your work revolves primarily about around supply chain and that kind of brings me to the next question so did you always knew that you were like passionate about supply chain or is it something that you slowly built towards it i think uh, it takes me back to my college days where uh, during one of my summer internships i got the opportunity to visit uh, one of the fertilizer manufacturing plants and um, i was a chemical engineer I- i was pursuing chemical engineering from nit varangal so as an engineering student i was fascinated to see on ground you know how products are being made from raw materials but uh, apart from just the engineering side uh, to that internship i think when i today when i reflect back i realized that uh, that internship also gives me a lot of insights on how uh, you know on ground execution 
execution takes place and what kind of planning and processes are required behind running a factory so um, and that incident in particular got me interested uh, in applying for a, a supply chain type of a role i was not very clear on what supply chain is all about uh, but uh, i got to know that unilever uh, was coming to our campus and unilever was a dream company for everyone on the campus and i was no different so i had very brief idea of what supply chain comprises of but i had clarity that i wanted to be in a company where i can see impact of uh, you know uh, what we make in factories uh, how it is directly linked or how it is directly impacting to the overall business and that's how the idea of fmcg came to my mind i was very fascinated about learning more about how products like you know soaps and shampoos that we use daily in our lives how they get made so that's how i started off i started off as a supply chain trainee uh, in unilever and uh, i think during that trainee uh, program it's a one year flagship program of unilever where not only uh, manufacturing but also you get to see other parts of supply chain uh, be it uh, procurement planning um logistics customer service so i think that one year gave me a good insight on what actually uh, unilever supply chain comprises of and that's how i think since then uh, the rest is history so i think i've always been uh, you know passionate about supply chain since then that's very uh, i'd say primarily for me it's very relatable and i and i hope it's relatable for some other women out there too i mean i'm still like at i'd say at the beginning of my career or somewhere in between between you know but uh, that's exactly how it you know uh, visiting the shop floor was my stepping stone i i visited an automotive uh, plant and that's for me there has been no turning back and uh, i really want to point out here that um, the industry that we're functioning in manufacturing particularly women tend to stay away from it or they are like told to stay away for it for some reason but here's the thing once you do visit the manufacturing plant and you see how things are happening i think you come out of it just with questions so i think from your experience what you can learn is hey girls do not shy down from visiting a plant you just never know you might just figure out your career in manufacturing or supply chain for that matter so um thank you for uh, sharing that with us and uh, since we are on the conversation lines towards the manufacturing supply chain and operation side you know i'd like to understand from your uh, exposure and understanding as to what do you think will be the next generational values that will be needed in this particular side of you know industry yeah i think that's one question which uh, at least in my current role i have to think about and also uh, work towards on a daily basis uh, because uh, the world is changing so rapidly that you can't um, you know keep your manufacturing unchanged for everything that's happening around whether it's the startup ecosystem in india or anything and everything that's happening around you so i think my supply chain is a very underrated uh, uh, division i would say uh most of the as you rightly said that you know most of the young people today are more fascinated towards the revenue generation side which is essentially either the marketing side or product management side but um i think uh, very few people understand that the ultimate fuel for marketing or any any kind of business growth comes from supply chain so it's a very relevant question that how we can make our supply chains future fit so i think the next generational values uh, that we see in manufacturing today at least is that of course 
uh, needless to say that you know imbibing the values of industry 4.0 5.0 uh, for digitizing our sites uh, is of prime importance and um, digitizing not just to the extent of you know just um, uh, removing uh, or becoming paperless factories but also trying to work towards you know complete uh, removal of uh, manpower and especially removal of non value added activities in our factories so moving to a concept of dark factories is something uh, you know which is very exciting um, in in terms of manufacturing uh the second thing i would say is that uh, building agility in overall end to end operations and also you know uh, making factories for future because as we are seeing uh, a rapid rise in terms of the startup ecosystem and also that is you know somewhere leading to a lot of personalization from consumer end a lot of people who are requesting for products which are specifically personalized for their needs and their concerns so that brings a tremendous concern for supply chains and the manufacturing side especially to reduce their uh, moq by moq i mean the minimum order quantity uh, batch sizes that we produce today and also build agility in such a way that we are in a position to produce today what we sold yesterday right so it's that level of agility uh, in a supply chain is required and especially in a in a manufacturing setup is required so um, i think uh, these are the two things that are mainly in in manufacturing that i would say and uh, from an overall supply chain perspective i think again um, like if i talk about planning so in terms of demand forecasting uh many companies including unilever today is now shifting towards a machine learning based uh, forecasting model uh, which will again um, you know help us improve our forecast accuracies and it's in a way automation of demand planning or demand forecasting that used to happen before manually so uh, that's one big area uh, in supply chain and in terms of front end if i talk about logistics and uh, Uh, fulfillment centers as we talk about so with the rise of uh, you know amazons and flipkarts uh, and many e-commerce companies i think the front end uh, future fit uh, capability is equally important as we are gearing up to build a very agile and flexible backend so i think a combination of um, of these two uh would definitely lead to you know these are the next generational values for any any supply chain or any organization i would say okay i'm just i'm trying to like kind of put it all together and summarize it for the understanding again you spoken like a like a person like way much into supply chain because you talked about both the execution arm and the planning arm of the supply chain and how in general even from a business and strategy standpoint we need to focus on the agility and yes the world is changing like i i feel like everything's changing uh, way too early than it used to do any solution that we implement and i think that's been my biggest uh, working in the same industry that's been my biggest apprehension any solution that we implement for the improvisation in one particular area or the overall supply chain how exactly do you sustain it because there's a very good chance a better technology might just you know come up so agility yes is important for me the integration and adding a, a stack it's like creating a stack of technology solutions on top of each other so that this is one area that i am very fascinated and curious to understand and i love the fact that you talked about uh, the need for it and having different solutions in different areas uh, a lot of people which i interact with uh, 
definitely use the buzzwords you know that we need to have agility digital transformation iot and all those things but then again how it impacts the different ends of supply chain is a conversation which i feel still feel is a little lagging so uh, loving that it came uh, and became part of our conversation so uh, let's just hold that thought uh, and maybe keep that for some other day where we actually have an in detail domain specific videos at pencil and pistons and i would love to have you there as well yep. but let's focus on the other uh, aspect as well you know because we uh, this particular i'd say series in our uh, podcast is to highlight the women working in the domain so from that perspective we'd like to hear some specific challenges that you have faced uh, in your career uh, and you know some of them which were specific to you being a woman in the industry so uh, we'd love to hear that again this is a relatability factor for women out there yeah yeah I think uh, fortunately uh, I, since Unilever is my first company and it's been almost 8 years now uh, I've never felt like I am an outlier in terms of gender in in Unilever as an organization so I've never really uh, you know uh, had to face uh, an issue basis my gender professionally uh but i would like to say yes there are a lot of challenges in terms of and supply chain as a domain in general uh, imposes a lot of challenges uh, for a, a working mother or even for a you know young girl right out right out of college so i will just give you a brief example of uh, you know what happened when i was given the first ever role as a manager in a in a factory and um, i was right after college that was my first role so before that all i had done was chemical engineering and i had no idea or very little idea about how things work practically on ground so i think there were very um, uh, uh, good challenges thrown at me in terms of you know i was leading the quality assurance uh for um, a site which was the largest home care uh, site for unilever in south asia and home care is one of our divisions which manufactures basically all the um, uh, dishwash detergents or you know um, uh, laundry detergents etc so i was leading the quality uh, of that particular factory and it was the largest factory in south asia and uh, basically quality as a function involves you to um, change the mindset of people so there were around 500 uh, blue collared employees or i would like to say shop floor employees uh, who were you know directly working for us in that factory and uh, you have to drive something like quality that to in detergents uh, which a lot of people don't understand or maybe not pay a lot of importance to because the primary goal in such a category is to how to maximize produ- production okay because that ultimately is going to give uh, uh, that ultimately is going to bring cash for the factory right so quality as a function or safety as a function involved a, a lot more uh, than just you know driving certain things it it involved change of the mindset of the employees and that too 500 people who have been working in that site for 20 25 years so i think that was a very challenging task because you have to understand not just engineering but also your uh, connect with people uh, your people management skills your leadership style your um, you know things like empathy go a long way sometimes and uh, you would you would like immediately feel that you know um, 
a very simple conversation with shop floor employees can boost their morale to a to a great extent so i think a lot of learnings from my first uh, factory and i think a lot of challenges in that front uh, which i would say that every uh, women manager should face at least once in in her career because that teaches you a lot about in general how to deal with people and any business i would say at the end of the day every business is a people's business right so if you are good with people if you are good with getting things done you can work well in all the all the domains so i think that was one of my key learnings in in the in the very first year of my <laughs> uh, being in unilever I am I'm still trying to like wrap my head around the fact that there I mean I've uh, frankly in all my ex- uh, experience of talking to hundreds of women out there you know it's very rare you come across organizations who give that kind of equality to their employees and hearing them say it out loud in a forum without even like having asked for it for that matter so uh, it's actually beautiful it feels wonderful that there is an organization that has given you that kind of a uh, i'd say uh yeah cool opportunity for that matter and i think that's very refreshing for um, for me as well and also for the uh, other women listening to this uh and 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 what a what was the most beautiful part about uh, you know the discussion we just had is the fact that you talked about challenges from a gender neutral and gender agnostic point of view each one of us i believe needs to like you said you know go through challenges uh, of dealing with different sorts of people and like you said engineering is one part you know the technical aspect or even the core uh, aspect of the problem is there but then again there are always issues sadly those issues get uh, classified as soft issues or soft skills for that matter and i believe that uh, it should be the other way around because some skills can be uh, imparted and some only come with experience and the ones that you just mentioned about you know empathy people management and particularly in the setup in manufacturing like you mentioned it's a very different setup and having an understanding of the industrial relations is the key i think for any manager to lead particularly in that uh, in it particularly in manufacturing setups so i'd say the most unique answer i've gotten i've i've, I've like interviewed like multiple women so really happy to have uh, that as a part of our uh, you know podcast series thank you for that and uh, coming to you now again you know the more personal questions now just towards the end of it tell us about your leadership style management style and uh, how can you know women out there who are listening to this grow towards it yeah so i think personally uh, my leadership style is a mix of two three things uh, you have to adapt to a specific leadership style basis the situation that you are navigating uh, so you can't always be very authoritative you can't always be very democratic so um, i think my style is a mix of uh, authoritative and affiliative which means that you know um, uh, i believe in in solving problems for people and you know uh, if you if you are able to make somebody's life easier through your work or through your leadership that person will immediately uh, uh, be yours or you know that person will immediately be mobilized towards your vision what you are trying to do. teams uh, is is been on how i can simplify life for the people who are working under me 
uh, and uh, how I can mobilize them towards a vision that because if you have you know just a micro goal that you have your eyes set on maybe like this month's target or maybe next quarter target then uh, the, the vision is not very clear to the team who's working under you instead of that if you show them the ultimate goal that you are trying to achieve and maybe then the smaller targets will follow I think it builds an enthusiasm in the team uh, to work towards that ultimate goal and it also uh, uh, you know keep people motivated uh, to work for you so i think a combination of um, authoritative and um, affiliative would be the kind of approach that i would believe in and also i think at times it's important for you to be the guiding light it's not always that um, people who are working under sometimes you know the people who are working under you could be a lot more senior to you for example um, i have been reportees who have been like in terms of age who have been like i think probably 20 years older to me so you have to pay uh, respect to their experience at the same time uh, you have to uh, be uh, authoritative when it requires for you to be so i think uh, two things uh, people first approach and mobilizing them towards a towards a vision definitely helps and also um, uh, the, the third thing would be that you know you are always there to simplify the processes that they are doing today so that as a leader um, i would like to say to all the people who are listening to this I think I'm going to call you a very thorough leader, process-oriented leader, frankly, because uh, I work with somebody similar and that's how even I got trained. Uh, having the perfect blend of, uh, I'd say, you know, one arm from the team. Leaders need to maintain that one arm, you know, distance. Understand them, yes. Hear them out, yes. Still able to use the authority whenever it's needed to manage the team. And that's what the one-arm distance helps you with. Uh, you with. So, uh, very exciting. Uh, uh, I'd say maybe that is because of the uh, industry. Uh, very few leaders I've met in the industry, in particular in the manufacturing industry for that matter, who have like a touch of empathy and understanding towards uh, the uh, team in general and even for the shop floor employees and particularly the matters of ageism that you talked about. Sometimes you have your you know, reportees who are like much elder to you. So there is a need to uh, respect them, yes, and leverage their experience, yes. And at the same time, you know, uh, there has to be some sort of delegation from your end too, since you are in the managing position. Uh, absolutely lovely to hear this from you. And it's a very fresh uh, set of answers for me, I'd say. I'm really excited that I have you here for the podcast and I'm sure the listeners also feel the same. So just towards the end of it, I, I'll give you an option to answer one of the two questions. Either tell me okay. about your most uh, favorite motivation quote or role model that you go to or you could just give, tell me if there's any advice that you'd give your younger self at this point. Anything you want to answer there. <laughs> uh, I think, so. do I need to answer the motivation quote or role model? That is the or question. I'll give the option amongst all three of those. Let's just spice it up. Any three, you know, advice to yourself, motivation, code or role model. We just want to understand you a little more is all. Okay, so I think my role models have to be uh, some of my line managers with whom I've worked with in Unilever. And uh, they've been people with 20 years, more than 20 years of experience. Even my current line manager. 
so i believe in having role models with whom i can reach out to anytime i want uh, so i think um, a lot of people hwl is rightly called the ceo factory of india so a uh, lot of people who have helped me uh, scale up in my career uh, in these eight years and also given me lifelong learnings are my role models um what advice i would like to give my younger self is of course um, one uh, don't be afraid of challenges i think uh, when you truly step outside your comfort zone uh, the magic happens so it's it's something that a lot of times people think that you know um, is in the age of 20 to 30 i would say a lot of milestones come like you graduate from college you get married some people have a baby so i think a lot of times uh, we think that maybe right now i can take a lighter role in the organization and maybe later on i can when i have time i can you know uh, take something which is more challenging uh up each you know it's it's a individual choice but what my advice would be that you know if you constantly keep challenging and pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and keep learning be a lifelong student um i think you will always be uh, successful professionally so um, don't be don't get complacent and don't be satisfied with what you are having if even if you're working in, a, in an organization like unilever uh, the organization does not matter but the role that you do truly matters so um, you know look for roles which truly challenge you and uh, which allow you to learn something um, new uh i think uh, these would be two things and also i would say that we often have time issues but i would say that uh, read a lot because i think that that is something that has helped me a lot if you read a diverse set of things sometimes not related to the work that you're doing not related to uh, your interests it develops you as a person so i think these would be my key advices again again very 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 interesting because uh, you talked about i think a couple of times about pushing your boundaries taking up challenges regardless of the age that you are in and not delaying the process and i think all of them uh, these are all relate these are all uh, i think related to each other the struggle that maybe now we don't have the time maybe we'll have the time tomorrow but i think uh, to that i just want to add one thing your life is today and nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow and i i personally work like that and i personally enjoy my life like that so uh yeah uh, so all the girls out there do not shy away from the hard work work as much as you can you never know that maybe a year from now we'll have you on this podcast as well to inspire other women so super exciting isha i really appreciate you taking our time and uh, this was a nice discussion for me and i'm pretty sure it must have been for our listeners as well so i'm really glad we did this thank you so much rishmi i enjoyed a lot as my first podcast experience aha fascinating i'm glad that your first podcast would be the one out there specifically for young women i am particularly passionate about them and that's why i create content for them so i hope they liked it too so thank you so much ladies and thank you so much isha once again and we'll come back with yet another exciting episode with someone as amazing as isha as we promised keep listening to pencil and business outliers till then thank you